Welcome to Wise Guys. These guys know sports on this Friday, September 11th, 2020. Another day on the Wise Guys show. Happy Friday to everyone out there. What's up, Clarence Nixon? What's up with you? Man, happy Friday. Hey, this is a jam-packed show. I am excited for this show tonight, brother, man. But how's your Friday treating? Treat me real good, man. I'm excited for the weekend. We got the two best words that sports fans love to hear. Game seven tonight between the Boston Celtics and Toronto Raptors. If you saw game six, which we're going to break down here shortly, then we got a treat in store for us tonight in game seven, Clarence. I can't wait for it. But also, we got our NFL week one predictions ahead oh. on the show. <laughs> yes, it's going to be exciting. We got an action jam-packed show for everyone. But before we get into our show real quick, Clarence, we also got to say that, you know, it's September 11th. And we all know that September 11th is a day, you know, in American history that we always remember, you know, from, the, from those terrorist attacks that took place, you know, back in, I think it was 2001 when that happened. So, we, you know, we always got to show, you know, you know, to talk about that and, you know, make sure we remember all those who lost their lives on that tragic day, man. Yeah, it's just a sad, unfortunate day that this happened and, you know, everybody is mourning the deaths that that people that was into into the accident, and I mean, I'm just sending my uh, prayers and condolences to every family that lost a person or a family member. Yeah, we always gotta acknowledge it. We always gotta acknowledge it, man. It's a day that we'll never forget. You know, it's it's one of those most tragic days in in, in United States of American history. You know, but we always we always gotta acknowledge it. We've moved past that. Um, we are a country that always bounces back. We're the best country in the world. So. We, we, we were good, but I always got to mention that. But, bro, we got a nice show ahead, and we're going to open up with the NBA. And on Twitter earlier, I posted a poll question, and I asked a simple question right to the point. Who wins game seven tonight between the Boston Celtics and the Toronto Raptors? And, Clarence, it was a 50-50 result from the poll. So 50% of people thought the Boston Celtics are going to win. 50% of people thought Toronto was going to win. And it was about seven or eight votes. So, I mean, a few people got in on that and voted. So, let's talk about that game seven matchup. As everyone knows, the Toronto Raptors beat the Boston Celtics 125-122 in double overtime in game six to force game seven tonight. Kyle Lowry was sensational for the Raptors, Clarence. He had 33 points, eight rebounds, six assists. Pal, he came in and balled out for the Raptors. 23 points. Jalen Brown had 31 for the Boston Celtics, and Tatum had 29 points, 14 rebounds. So my question for you, co-hosts, as we open up the show tonight, and we're talking about this big-time matchup in the Eastern Conference, this Eastern Conference battle between two powerhouse teams, what was your biggest takeaway from game six? Well, 
the Toronto Raptors, they overachieved the uh, mark that we gave them in Boston in six games. The the fight that you see in this them that team, like you see a lot of players that's that's hungry for that that opportunity to make it to the finals and keep playing, keep winning the game. And that mindset right there led them to game seven. It actually did. And Kyle Lowry, he stepped up to the plate and took on that leadership role and led led this team. Siakam had had okay performances, but Kyle Lowry and Fred, Fred Van Vliet, them guys right there was the, the true leaders of this team of leading them. And I can't forget about Norman Powell because the whole the whole Toronto Raptors team voted that yeah Norman Powell saved our season and he did save our save their season in two clutch threes clutch threes that they needed that they that they did make it was insane that we still talking about this series but this series is just going down to the wire Trey I'm excited to watch it tonight tonight and for the Boston Celtics team I'm very disappointed in that team though for the simple fact that. Don't get me like don't get me wrong. Toronto is a nice, a nice good team. A nice team. They was defending champs last year. And they've been doing fantastic all season, even through the bubble, even in this playoff. But this Boston Celtics team, it had high hope. You actually had the Boston Celtics going to the NBA finals, and we and you thought they was going to six games. Well, they that didn't go out. Well, one of the two and only one or two only happened. They're going to game seven and they need to win tonight against the Toronto Raptors, and I'm very disappointed that they couldn't close them out on six games because they have higher, better superstars on that team that can score plus 20-plus, but this Toronto team, they just kept working, and they played fight. They kept fighting, and now we're here discussing it on Wise Guys that game seven's tonight. It's going to be a jam back one, Trey. It's going to be a great game tonight in game seven, but I must admit, Clarence, I slept on the Toronto Raptors. I slept on the reigning defending champions, I owe Nick Nurse and that entire Toronto Raptors basketball team an apology tonight on Wise Guys on the World Wide Sports Network. I doubted the Toronto Raptors, and they showed up in game six, and they showed that championship DNA clearance. They showed why they are a team that has a legitimate shot to get to the finals and possibly even win the finals. You never know what could happen when you get to the finals. Just get yourself there and put yourself in a position to compete for a championship. And that's exactly what the Toronto Raptors did. In game six, Kyle Lowry was sensational. He was great again, and he made a case why, 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 why he could be arguably the greatest Raptor in history. I know we've had some great players come through that organization. I'm thinking about Chris Bosh. I'm thinking about Tracy McGrady. I'm thinking about Vince Carter. I love all those guys, but Kyle Lowry has done it at, for a longer stretch period. Like, he's done it over a longer stretch, and he's been loyal to that franchise. We know Kawhi Leonard is the best player that ever walked through that Toronto Raptors door, period. But he was only there for one year. Kyle Lowry has been there his entire career, and he balled out in game six, Clarence. He had, what, 33 points, shot 12 of 20 from the floor, shot six of 10 from three-point range, and he hit big shot after big shot, and he also made some key defensive plays for the Toronto Raptors. Yeah. This game had everything. It had big shots that were hit. It had great defensive plays that were made. It had a little bit of everything. This was one of the best playoff games I've seen in quite some time, Clarence. It was a show when, with the Boston Celtics and Toronto Raptors put on display in game six on Wednesday night. But again, when it comes to the Toronto Raptors, the Toronto Raptors, Kyle Lowry and Fred Van Vliet, they stepped up 
for the Toronto Raptors, and they show why they are recognized as one of those backcourts that can hit key shots. Van Vliet had 21 points. He only shot 7 of 22 from the floor, but he also had in this game nine assists. So he was a great facilitator for the Toronto Raptors. Pascal Siakam, he didn't shoot the ball well. He only shot 5 of 19. He hasn't really shot the ball well in this series overall, but he hit some key shots down the stretch. He only had 12 points. But I can't say enough about Kyle Lowry and the job that he did leading the charge for the Toronto Raptors to be in this position. I'm going to be honest, Clarence, in that game, in the fourth quarter, in the two overtimes, I counted at least three or four possessions where the Celtics had the lead, and it was a one- or two-possession game. And the Toronto Raptors came down the floor, and if they didn't score, more than likely they were going to lose that game. Every time it seemed like Boston was about to pull away, the Raptors made a run, and they got back into the game. It shows you that this team is battle-tested, and whenever those big moments arrive, they always show up, and they always show that they are ready for those moments in playoffs. Yeah, in the playoffs, they, they're playing sensational. They're the defending champs. They don't want to go out like no chunks. They don't nope. want to go out like no loser at all. Like, even if they if they do lose, the, if they if they did lose game seven, they they going to look back at this season like, hey, everybody had the odds against us because we Kawhi Leonard went to uh, Los Angeles Clippers, and we they thought we was going to be dumpster juice. But we came back, we fought back, and we're here right now on game seven against the Boston Celtics. But for that Boston side, Jalen Brown didn't shoot the ball well. Eleven for thirty on the on in the game that he 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 him himself was taking a lot of uncontested shots, shots that he usually don't hit. But Jason Tatum had a, not a phenomenal game. He gave he gave his all, and he was one he was one assist away for his first career triple double in the playoffs. So that right there would have been big. But that Toronto Raptors team. They was they overpowered them and they was the better team all around offense on both sides of the court. And I gotta give some love to Norman Powell. Norman Powell, he came in and had 23 points, six of eleven shooting from the floor, went three of six from three-point range. He came in and hit some big time shots in the fourth quarter in the double overtimes clearance. So I gotta give some love to Powell as well. And I can't say enough about the job that Nick Nurse has done because in game six, he made an adjustment. He put a boxing one in on Kimba Walker. And he only had Kimba Walker in the game only had five points. That was the reason why the Boston Celtics lost the game. In 52 minutes, Kimba Walker only had five points. Kimba, the Celtics need more out of you, bro. You cannot be the starting point guard of the Boston Celtics. And the Celtics are not championship contenders if you're going to only be scoring five points in 52 minutes. Kimba, they need more out of you. But again, I'll give Nick Nurse some credit because he put that box of one on Kimba Walker, and Kimba Walker wasn't able to adjust. But I felt like overall in the game, Marcus Smart, he did a hell of a job contributing with 23 points. I think Marcus Smart has done a great job stepping up in the absence of Gordon Hayward, Clarence, because I think Marcus Smart's been that perimeter shooter that the Celtics need. In that game, he went 6-11 from three-point range, and he was a plus three on the court, and he's a great perimeter defender. He made some key defensive plays on Siakam, you know, in that fourth quarter, those double overtimes. But again, I think the Celtics probably should have still won this game, but Kimba Walker only having five points really really hurt the Celtics in game six. If they want to have any chance of winning game seven, they need their star point guard to step up and show why he was, you know, being sought after in free agency earlier this year. You know, this is a guy that was coming into this year. He was a primetime free agent. Teams wanted. I need more out of Kimba than five points, Clarence. 
he got th- he got thoroughly outplayed by Kyle Lowry. It was like he got do- like Kyle Lowry completely dominated that matchup. Yeah, Kyle Lowry, he's he's been dominating the matchup for the last two games. And talking about getting out of a player, yeah, Kemba, he was paid as a as a superstar, as a franchise player of the Boston Celtics. You need more out of him because yeah. Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum they can't take all the shots because because they can't. And for the Boston Celtics, their their big advantage is is uh rotating the ball, rotating the ball and finding open shots on the three. And Marcus Smart, he's been coming alive. And like you mentioned, six for eleven. Believe it or not, he made five straight threes in in that in, in that uh in that drive. In that drive, he just made like five straight three five straight threes, and he just overcome for the Boston Celtics. But I'm just disappointed in the Boston Celtics because they been favored as to make the NBA Finals, and they were supposed to clear them out in six games. So, but we just seen the Toronto Raptors. They are still like last year. So it's yeah, pretty I, I'm not really disappointed in Boston. I'm not disappointed in Boston. I give more credit to the Toronto Raptors because they showed that championship DNA. They've shown the heart of a champion. There was plenty of times in this series where I thought they were going to lose. I thought they were going to, to lose this series, and they always fought back. But that leads us to our next question. Which team has the most pressure to win game seven tonight? Most pressure. I think it's just the Boston Celtics. You just lost two straight games. You lost two straight games, and you go into game seven. You could have ended it out. You, you could have ended it out in six games, but the pressure was on you. And once the pressure was on you, it was momentum game from the Toronto Raptors. And I think they just ran with the momentum, and they won the game. They won those games. And I think for the Boston Celtics, like you said, they have to be more aggressive on the offensive side. Campbell Walker, he has to make tough shots. He cannot make shots that he truly doesn't make in, in the gameplay, but not saying he, he can't make the shots that he can make, but some shots ain't always smart. But yeah. I think the Boston Celtics got the most pressure on this on them. I think Toronto I, the driver's seat. Yeah, I think the Boston Celtics got the most pressure heading to, to this game seven. I think Toronto playing with house money at this point, Clarence. I really do. They are playing pressure free because no one expecting them to be in this position. I think after the Celtics went up. 2-0. I think the pressure was on the Celtics because many people believe they were the better team. And then, even in game three, when Anobly hit that game-winning shot at the buzzer and it was 2-1, I still think majority of people thought the Boston Celtics were the better team. And then Boston won game five and they blew out the Raptors. So then people right. thought, oh, well, they should close out the Raptors in six. They just beat the Man. Raptors back. They just won by 20 points. So I think, in a way, you can make a legitimate argument. In order for the Celtics to win this series, they're going to have to win this series a third time. I thought they had the series won after they went up 2-0. I thought they had the series won even after Anobi's game winning shot. I thought they had the series won after they won by 20 in game five. So <laughs> they're going to have to win this series one more time tonight in a decisive game seven. One more thing. One more thing before we move on. The, like I said on the last show on Wise Guys, the Boston Celtics they have on and off games. In the last in games in game uh game five we thought oh oh yeah oh uh, they about they about to close them out because game three and four Toronto they they was gaining the momentum and you can might as well you might as well say Boston was having an off game but tonight tonight the pressure is on them like can y'all yeah. close the the reigning champs out that's the yes. pressure the pressure is on yes. them. 
the pressure is on the Celtics because I think once the Bucks got eliminated, I think there was a poll. I can't, I don't know exactly where it was from, whether it was ESPN, whether it was Fox Sports. There was a poll question about who was going to represent the Eastern Conference in the finals this year. And the Boston, the Boston Celtics had majority of the votes. So now you're in a game seven against the random NBA champions who won't go down easily, okay? Make no mistake about it. The Toronto Raptors will not go down easily tonight. you got to beat the Raptors. They're not going to beat themselves. You agree or disagree I, with that? <laughs> yeah, I, I, I agree. You, I agree. I think, I think like, you 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 got to you got to give your all against them because they are hard working team. They're they're not quitters. They're definitely not quitters. And they got a lot of good players placed out on their team. Like they're very versatile. I love they, about they, them. And they doing they doing this while Pascal Siakam has been struggling this series. He hasn't really played well this series, Clarence. Yeah, he just hasn't. He hasn't yeah. really shown the ability to lead as a number one option and here the Toronto Raptors are a chance to advance to the Eastern Conference Finals you know, and their best player on their team hasn't even played well. One more question before you move on to our NFL. Who has the advantage heading into game seven? Who's going to win tonight? See, I had Boston in six, but this, don't, this game don't right here. Don't on me. Don't you change on me now. You've been riding with my, you've been riding this long. Don't you try to switch it up now. Who you, who you picking tonight? Who winning tonight? Oh, see, this is a tough one. Let me ask you something. I heard people say, when game six was going on during the double overtime, people were saying, if the Raptors win game six, they're going to win game seven. People said that. Did you feel like that when you was watching the game? Like, if Toronto win tonight, they're going to win game seven. Did you feel like that? But think yeah, think about it. When Van Vliet, when they, when they after game four, Van Vliet stated, oh, it's over for the C's. And, and, we, and actually, it been over for them. Like, not been over for them, like, over this series, but they, they, gave, they won game five. But they, they they gave up game six, and all the pressure is on them while the Toronto's in the driver's seat figuring out how they go keep maintaining. But I think – I still think uh, – to me, I got Boston in a close one, in a real close one, because I think for Toronto, they lost game seven before. The first time they're back in the playoffs, they lost game seven before at home. So the difference is they're not at home, but the game seven is, is very important for them. Like – but I think Boston yeah. can handle them out. My, if the, my, my honest opinion, I think Boston can handle them out, but it's gonna be a real close one. It might it go is gonna be a close. It's gonna be a close one. You got Boston winning tonight, though. Yeah, I got Boston winning a tight one. A tight. One. I mean, like losing about one, winning about one or two. It's it's gonna be a tight game tonight, but I'm still going to give the advantage to the Boston Celtics because I think the Boston Celtics have more players that can create off the dribble and make something out of nothing. And I think when you got a Jason Tatum, when you got a Jalen Brown, and you got a Kimber Walker, those are three players that I'm not going to bet against in a decisive game seven. I think Jason Tatum is the best player on the floor when it comes to these two teams. And I think he's proven that. I think Jason Tatum has proven in this series, although he hasn't necessarily shot the ball great, I think Jason Tatum has proved that his game is on another level right now than Pascal Siakam. Pascal Siakam is on the come up too. But I think Jason Tatum is the better player right now. And I think you need a superstar caliber player to win in the game seven. I'm going to roll with the Boston Celtics tonight because they have the best player on the floor between the two teams, and that's Jason Tatum. Give me five seconds. So would you would you have traded Seattle for that trade in OKC for Russell Westbrook and Paul George and four first-round picks? Oh, uh, yes. I would. Oh, that's tough. That's tough. That's another – 
We got to talk about that another day. I got to think about that. I got to think about that. Put me on spot. But everybody, remember, go follow Wise Guys on Twitter at WiseGuys underscore H. Also on Facebook, Wise Guys. And be sure to follow Wise Guys on Instagram at These Guys Know Sports. Clarence rolling with the Celtics tonight to win game seven. I'm rolling with the Celtics to win game seven tonight as well in advance to the Easter Conference Finals against Jimmy Butler and the Miami Heat. Let's move on, Clarence, and let's get to our NFL predictions. Let's talk about the AFC North. We didn't get a chance to talk about the AFC North on Wednesday. Let's, let's talk about the North. So we know last year the Baltimore Ravens won the division with the 14-2 and record. They were the number one seed in the AFC. The Pittsburgh Steelers finished 8-8 eight eight on the season. The Cleveland Browns was 6-10, and 10, and the Bengals, your Bengals, was 2-14 on the season last year. So, Clarence, what are your expectations for each team in this division? So what team we wish okay, let's 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 play jump ball real quick. Which team you want to talk about first? I would say you talk about the Cleveland Browns. All right, all right, let me start with Cleveland. First of all, I was very I'm very excited that they they got a, a black a young black GM at Andrew Berry and he hired a, a coach in Kevin Stefanski that's that's good in what run design plays and Cleveland got a top running back in the league in Nick Chubb and a nice number two back in Kareem Hunt. I mean, believe it or not, Kareem Hunt is actually a solidified number one. And I just think that once Nick Chubb starts slipping, Kareem is going to be right there in the driver's seat. And you still got Odell and Jarvis Landry. That offense right there, Baker Mayfield and the offensive line, that their their team, their team right there is loaded on the offensive side. A team that you can't forget. A team that's that's been bad bad for 17 plus years they trying to make their first playoff appearance since 2002 and i think believe it or not if if cleveland start winning and they get the get and they get the ball rolling they can they can mess up the afc north really mess that up like seriously mess it up but i think on the defensive side they've been taking a lot of injuries to the linebacker court in the front seven so that's something they got on both manage on and they, they get their first game against the baltimore ravens and they beat the ravens last year last yeah. year on and I think week four, I think week four last year. And I think they can challenge, they, they play division teams hard. So you really want to see what Baker Mayfield is going to do with that all them weapons on that team. You want to be excited because you don't like the Bengals, but they're true. You, you hoping the Browns be better than the Bengals. But I think for them, Baker Mayfield, this year three, what you can bring, what's in store? What's in store? Chemist defense, yeah. can you get with the program? We've been losing for a long time. Can you get with the program, man? Is, is you are future coach for the next five or 10 years at Baker is you our future quarterback for the next 10 years. Them all at stake right, right here in this season, in my opinion. So I'm going to go to the next, I'm going to go to the next team though. I'm going to go to the next one. I'm going to start with the Pittsburgh Steelers. I'm going to be real short with them. Last year, they could have made the playoffs, but unfortunately the Tennessee Titans, they won their, they won the last game because they have a top five defensive team and TJ Watt, he forced eight, for eight sports fumbles, and I think that's very impressive coming from J.J. Wild's little brother, and he's very fast, and he's short, and he's very strong at it, but their defense is very strong. Megan Fitzpatrick, ever since he came over since week three, he made that defense more, more powerful, even in the secondary, and like, basically, Big Ben's been injured all last season, and he's he's the missing piece. Well, if, he, if he's back to his 2018 form, where he threw over 5,000 yards, Antonio Brown had 1,500 receiving yards, I think I think him, I think that the Steelers is still gonna be the, the regular team. They still gonna be the same. But if he's not healthy, that's that can hurt the team a lot because that, that's a lot of talent on that team. So I'm gonna move on to the Baltimore Ravens. 
Hold on, real quick. Stop you. Real quick. I go. I want to say something. You're talking right. about the Browns and the Steelers both being teams that are going to be good this year. That means your Bengals are most likely going to finish last in the AFC North, my friend. Right? We don't when know that. Think about it. Think about this. Cleveland. Cleveland defense is hit. Got hit with the injury bug. Like, ugh. They lost Grant Delpit to a whole knee injury. The linebacker crew is a mess. Like a mess. Mac Wilson. He's gonna be out for the next ten to twelve games. They got young young linebackers that that's not proven ready though. Trey and Miles Garrett. He hasn't practiced in over in a couple of days. He might. I think he's he's coming back for tomorrow. He should be here for limited practice. But at the same time, that defense can kill that that Browns team right there. But that Steelers team and Big Ben is back to his regular form. As you say, he's one of the one of the top quarterbacks in the NFL. Then they, they should be okay. They should be fine. I, I, I speak, I, I keep it real. I keep it real. And I give credit when it's due. Their defense, they they have a top, they have a top five defense. And both and Cleveland, they, they don't have no top five defense, but Cleveland got a, a top, a top offense. But you gotta give credit when it's due. But for the Baltimore Ravens, though, I want to go to Baltimore Ravens. I'm gonna be real short with them too. They won 14 straight games last year. They went 14 to 2. Lamar Jackson, they got the best rushing attack. And you just added J.K. Dobbins to that offense. Like, it, it's yeah. Mark Ingram, he has the third most 100-yard game since 2016. Behind your, behind um, Jordan Howard and Zico Elliott. I think if he's getting 100 yards, if he's getting 100 yards game, it's going to be ugly and powerful. And the question is, can he throw the ball? Can he be more consistent throwing the pass? I, Lamar's talent, but in order to be a team like the Chiefs or – the Bucks, Saints, or whatever, the Seahawks, you have to throw the ball. You have to throw the ball in, in certain times. Now, I'm going to one, one out the final, the Cincinnati Bengals. They're very young. And I'm, you know me. I'm very excited that Joe Burrow got drafted to Cincinnati Bengals. I'm a big Bengals fan right there. And I'm not trying to be biased. I'm trying to be real in there. He is he is our our like he is our building block. He's our you building block biased. that we're building around. You are yeah. biased about them Bengals. Talking about the Bengals might go 9-7 and seven on the season. You need to stop. You said that. I'm just saying. Listen, you're by. He's our building block. He's the he's our building block of this team. Uh, and Joe Mixon is the backbone. You know, we decided to him four years, $48 million, getting 12 a year. The offense, AJ's back, Todd, Tyler Boyd, even Burrow even said him and uh Tyler Boyd chemistry is like phenomenal. So that can be very scary right there, Mr. Larkins. And this defense, they revamped the defense. <laughs> Geno Atkins. Is not gonna be playing Sunday, so that's gonna hurt the D line, not as much. But they go feel it though. What what missing him? But I'm looking for somebody on that defense to step up and who could be this next superstar for us in the Cincinnati Bengals. Now, now, floor is yours, Mr. Larkins. Okay, let's start off with the Pittsburgh Steelers. We're looking at the Pittsburgh Steelers. We know Big Ben Roethlisberger. He's a Super Bowl champion. He has what two Super Bowls on his resume. He is one of the greatest quarterbacks in NFL history. And he's a very, very clutch quarterback. Whenever there's a big-time clutch moment in the playoffs, Big Ben has delivered for the Pittsburgh Steelers and Steelers Nation. But Big Ben is 38 years of age. Father time is creeping up on Big Ben. So I'm not so sure Big Ben has many years left in the tank, Clarence, because he is the kind of quarterback that gets hit a lot. He, that's why last year, that injury that he suffered, it put him out for the entire year. Like, he's not really durable anymore. We're going to see what Big Ben has left in the tank this season. 
Mike Tomlin, I think Mike Tomlin is one of the best coaches we have in the NFL. I think he doesn't get enough credit for the job he's done with this Pittsburgh Steelers team. Last year, even without Big Ben Roethlisberger and without Antonio Brown and Le'Veon Bell, the Pittsburgh Steelers were still one win away from the playoffs, Clarence, and they had nobody's playing quarterback last year. They had very inconsistent quarterback play last year. Kyle Rudolph, uh, Mason Rudolph, give me a break. Like, come on now. Like, they ain't had no consistent quarterback play. And here Mike Tomlin is having them in position to possibly get to the playoff game in week 17. It was amazing. But when I look, when I look at the Steelers, I'm not so sure Juju Smith-Schuster is the number one option at the receiver position. I think he's a gr- solid number two, but I don't think he's a great number one at the receiver position. But I do love the Pittsburgh Steelers defense. I love Mika Fitzpatrick, you know, on the back end for the Steelers. I love, you know, Bud Dupree at the linebacker spot, Cameron Hayward. You know, they got some nice players on the defensive side of the ball for the Pittsburgh Steelers. See, they have actually completely flipped their DNA as a team. Before, it was all about Antonio Brown, Le'Veon Bell, and Big Ben Roethlisberger. They want to score a lot of points to beat you, and their defense wasn't very good. Mike Tomlin has realized that is not a winning formula. In order to win Super Bowls, defense wins Super Bowls. Now I think the Pittsburgh Steelers have a championship defense. Let's get to the Cleveland Browns. I think the Cleveland Browns have one of the best rosters from top to bottom in the NFL. I think offensively, Baker Mayfield has a ton of weapons to distribute the football to. You got Odell Beckham. He's a star elite receiver in the NFL. You got a solid number two in Jarvis Landry. In free agency, they brought in Austin Hooper from the Atlanta Falcons. I think he's going to help them at the tight end spot. And then you also got in the backfield Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt, who they just signed to a new contract. So they're going to be around for a while. So I like the balance offensively that this team has in the Cleveland Browns. I like the fact that they let go of Freddie Kitchens because I don't think he was the right man for the job. Now they have Kevin Stefanski. And I think Kevin Stefanski is going to do a better job putting Baker Mayfield in positions to be successful this year. I think in order for the Browns to be successful, though, they have to run the football with Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt. They don't want to have Baker Mayfield dropping back the pass 35, 40 times a game. That's a recipe for disaster for the Browns, okay? He can't do it. I don't think Baker Mayfield is the kind of quarterback that can drop back the pass 35 or 40 times a game. I think Baker Mayfield should drop back the pass maybe 20 to 25 times at the most. You have to lean on Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt. Now, when I look at their defense... When I, when I look at their, when I, I got you, I got you. Hold on now, I got you. When I look at their defense, I like Denzel Ward. You know, as a cornerback defensively, we know they've signed Miles Garrett to a new contract extension in the offseason. So I think they can make some noise defensively as well. Now let me get to those woeful Cincinnati Bengals of yours. <laughs> I already told you, I think Joe Burrow is going to struggle this year because I think he's going to be going up against an elite defense in the Baltimore Ravens, an elite defense in the Pittsburgh Steelers. I think it's going to be tough on Joe Burrow in his rookie season because he has to learn how to be a pro. But he's also going to be under duress a lot this year. That Bengals offensive line, I still don't believe in them. I think Joe Burrow is going to be running for his life this season, Clarence. I don't know why you have these such high expectations on Joe Burrow. Like, please, lower your expectations for this brother. Okay, don't put all that pressure on that man because your team been sorry for all these years. Don't expect this man to come in and save this terrible franchise that you have been, that has really, really, they honestly, 
they have completely traumatized you as a sports fan. They traumatized you, bro. Like you are traumatized to the point now where you're saying the Bengals going to be nine and seven. It's not going to happen. I also don't believe in Zach Taylor. I got to see more from Zach Taylor. He hasn't proven enough for me to believe he can lead a team to the playoffs. I will admit the Bengals did make some nice moves in free agency on the defensive side of the ball. Something they haven't done in previous years. That was impressive. Now let me get to the Baltimore Ravens, who I think is the best team in this division. They were the number one overall seed last year in the AFC, had a 14-2 and record. Lamar Jackson was the NFL MVP. I think this year Harbaugh is going to put Lamar Jackson in a position to become a more efficient passer. I don't think we're going to see Lamar Jackson, you know, having the rushing yard statistical numbers that he had last year, Clarence. I think he's going to be more of a passer this year for the Baltimore Ravens. And I think Harbaugh wants to get him comfortable in that pocket. I actually think the Ravens got better this offseason. And I think their defense is going to be one of the best defenses we have in the NFL. So I'm looking at the Ravens as being a top team in the AFC North, and I like them drafting J.K. Dobbins. I think he's going to be a nice addition to that backfield with Mark Ingram. But again, I think Lamar Jackson is going to be in the pocket a lot more this year, and, he's going, and, and I think Harbaugh wants him to be, become more of a passer so he don't get injured. So that, that's how I'm breaking down the division. Yeah. I like that. Now, I like let me ask you a question. Let me, let me, let's go to our next question. Which young quarterback has a bright future? Which young quarterback has the best future in this division? Lamar Jackson, Baker Mayfield, Joe Burrow. To me, like honestly, if honestly, like I think, I think. What is it going to think about? What are you thinking about? Best, what are you no, thinking about? Look, look at, look at, look at all three of these quarterbacks. They have a lot of pieces of around them that can, can help them be successful quarterbacks in the future. But I think. I, I do that. Like, I believe that. Like, Burrow, he he has a nice one. Lamar has a nice set. Cleveland, the Baker Mayfield has a nice set. But I think, but I think, though, though who has the best, who will be the best quarterback, the best quarterback, it's easily. Like, it's Burrow, baby. It's Burrow. What? Let me tell you why. What? Let me tell you why. Oh, Let me hell. tell you why. Oh, my. What? what? Listen, let me tell you why. Let me tell you why Burrow's about to be the best quarterback ever. Because, listen, he's already ahead of all these young rookies in, in, in his camp. And him walking into a situation like this, it helps us. It helps our organization gets better. And the type of quarter, quarterback he is, it's, it's, it's 10 times better than Baker Mayfield. And, you know, the dual threat is very – it's coming in handy. But how long can he keep it up, keep it up coming? But I think for Burrow that – I see something is different than any other rookie. Like he has even he's been he's been working his butt off. I'm dead. I'm dead serious. I'm dead serious right here. I'm I'm dead serious. And I'm not. What's in your What's in your cup over there? What are you? Are you drinking? Are you drinking already? It's Friday. I'm gonna say this. I'm gonna say this. Lamar Jackson biggest biggest flaw biggest flaw is not passing the ball. And you think he's gonna pass the ball more than more than he 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 passed last year. And believe it or not, he got the easiest schedule. So they can really run, maneuver through this schedule. So it, it makes it more easy and simple for them. But that's why he has a brighter future. What are you talking about? Oh, Wait a minute. Okay. No. Listen, we, listen, okay. Listen, we heard enough from you. You got to stop. Listen, the question was, which young quarterback has the best, you know, future ahead of them between Lamar Jackson, Baker Mayfield, and Joe Burrow? And you actually going to say, 
a player who hasn't even taken an NFL snap yet in a regular season game is going to have a better future than a player who already won an NFL MVP? Are you kidding me, bro? Like, wait, 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 wait. Here's the thing. Let me explain something to you. Last week, we're going to talk about the game here in a minute. But I'm going to just put this on the record. I'm a Deshaun Watson fan. You know this. And I've been on record saying I believe that Deshaun Watson was in Kansas City and he had the weapons that Patrick Mahomes has. I think Deshaun Watson would have similar accomplishments as Patrick Mahomes. So I was watching the game last night, right? And as I'm watching the game, although I'm a Deshaun Watson fan and I like the way Deshaun Watson competes at the quarterback position, I sat there realizing that situation matters because Patrick Mahomes is in the perfect situation in Kansas City with a great coach like Andy Reid, a great support system and supporting cast that like that he has, one of the best tight ends we have in the NFL with Travis Kelsey. He has a top five receiver, arguably, in Tyree Kill on his team. Sammy Watkins and Hartman also are nice receivers to have on your squad. And he has a nice organization backing him in the Kansas City Chiefs. And I'm thinking, damn, Deshaun Watson doesn't have that with the Houston Texans. We're talking about right now Bill O'Brien trading away one of the best receivers in the NFL and DeAndre Hopkins. I say all that to say, when it comes to who's going to have the best future between these three quarterbacks in the AFC North, Lamar Jackson, Joe Burrow, or Baker Mayfield, it's easily Lamar Jackson. Why? Because Lamar Jackson has the better support system around him than Joe Burrow and Baker Mayfield. The Cleveland Browns and the Cincinnati Bengals are two of the worst franchises we have in the NFL, Clarence. They haven't won a Super Bowl since either one. Neither one of them has won a Super Bowl since either one of us been born. Neither, neither, we haven't witnessed it. It hasn't happened. And for you to say that Joe Burrow is going to have a brighter future than Lamar Jackson is ridiculous. Lamar Jackson is playing, Lamar Jackson is playing for a proven head coach in John Harbaugh, a proven organization in the Baltimore Ravens, an organization that has won Super Bowls. And you got the nerve to say that Joe Burrow has a brighter future ahead? You are ridiculous, bro. You need to be stopped. You need to be stopped now, right I now. Don't know. Look, like, you got, like you got think to take it. out your Bengals bias. You have to. Think about it. Think about what Lamar. Look, think about Lamar is, is dealing with right now. That he plays this Patrick Mahomes in week three on a Monday night game. If he can't pass the ball, if he can't pass the ball downfield, he the Ravens is gonna be in a lot of trouble. But that's safe for a whole nother conversation when we get there. But, but here's the thing, though. Lamar already proven that he could be a solid quarterback that can start for your team and lead your team to the playoffs. What the hell is Joe Burrow proving? What is he proving? Nothing. He, he's a team captain. He's a team he, captain. You, he was a team captain. What does that, that mean? He's a team, he's a team captain because he's led in Zoom his, meetings this year. His he, peers, some of his we, peers believe he's going to have a fantastic career. Because what? he's so talented enough. It's something they that you say what they're supposed to say. They say what they're supposed to say. You say he's a, you say he's a captain. Why he's a captain because he's led Zoom meetings, right? You know they've been on because of the coronavirus. No. They right, like, yes, yes. Because of the coronavirus. Hold on now, you gotta talk. Let me talk. Because of the coronavirus, we've had a lot of Zoom conference calls for these football teams this offseason. That's all he's led in. He's led in Zoom meetings. That doesn't mean that you're gonna be a leader on the football field. Listen, not so you would have been, been better off. You'd have been better off saying Baker Mayfield, but he's not going. He doesn't have a brighter future over Lamar either. 
But I think Lamar Jackson has the better future ahead of him besides the other two quarterbacks. Are oh, you saying Baker got the better future than Burrow? Yes. You're yes. ridiculous. Yes, because, because Baker Mayfield also has a better supporting cast than Joe Burrow, in my opinion. Can you really depend on A.J. Green to play an entire season? Is Tyler Boyd a legit number one receiver if A.J. Tyler Green does Boyd. go down? If A.J. goes down, can you depend on Tyler Boyd to be a true number Boyd, one? Tyler Boyd has proven that he, he can be a true number one. I mean, no. I, I what you don't understand, two okay. back to back, who, one K who, yard. Oh man! Think, who, wins think about the, it. who wins the division? Who wins the division? Yeah. Oh, I, I'm gonna be real honest. I think Baltimore are gonna take this division. I think Baltimore are gonna take this division for the simple fact that they have the they have the best odds to even make the Super Bowl, which I think they probably won't make the Super Bowl if if Lamar can't get it going on the passing side. But I think this, the the team that can that really can be right behind them and make a playoff push, it probably can beat it, it can be the Cincinnati Bengals. I'm, I'm telling you, you're ridiculous. I'm a young revamp defense. You don't you don't realize who are the players that we just signed on our team that can help impact this defense. It's, it's not no. happening. Y'all not it going to the playoffs. playoffs. It's four, four and twelve. Y'all be four and twelve. I got the Ravens winning the AFC North. No, I got the Bengals. I got the um Ravens winning the AFC North as well. Bengals finishing four and twelve on the season. They'll be last in the division this year. I got I got the Ravens. Oh man, I, I'm it's a toss up for who finishes second between the Steelers and the Browns. I, I, I'm going back and forth. I'll give the edge slightly to the Steelers because I believe in Mike Tomlin. I think he's one of the best coaches we have in the NFL. So I'm gonna get a slight edge to the Steelers to finish second. Who you got finishing second and third? The Browns don't. Even, the Browns don't even, don't have no experience. Coach, the coach ain't got no experience. Don't have no experience. I'm gonna tell you this: if the Bengals, if the Bengals did miss the playoffs, if they did miss this playoffs, I think they could come up in third place too. I think they're a better team than the Browns. What people still in the real life? The Browns. They're not there in the Browns. Okay, let's move on. We both we both got the Ravens winning the NFC North. We got to move on. Let's talk about the NFC side of things. We're gonna get our NFC divisional winners here. Let's start off with the NFC East. 2019 results: Eagles nine and seven, Cowboys eight and eight. Giants four and twelve, Redskins three and thirteen. What are your expectations for each team in this division? Which team want to roll up? Watch the Redskins. It's called the Washington Football Team. Washington Football Team. I'm sorry, I've been so used to saying that for so many years. The Washington Football Team. I'm gonna be real simple with them. This is Dwayne Haskins' year to show that he's a franchise quarterback and that he can play in this league actually because. I've been looking at all these mock drafts. The Washington football team next year are expected to select another quarterback in Trey Lance that played for North Dakota State. I don't want that to happen because I think Dwayne Haskins can play in this league. And I think with, with the cast he got in Terry McCollin and uh, Steven Sims, I think them two right there, they're going to be something to watch in the future. But this is definitely his time to show that he can play in this play in, this, in the football league. But Chase Young, he... He's the number one, number one starter. He's gonna be phenomenal, man. I'm gonna be real honest with Trey. He, I expect him at least have like 12 sacks for a rookie. I think he's gonna be phenomenal. He's so strong and so fast off that line. Like it is gonna be right there. He, the, the players he's playing, like the offensive line he's playing against the Ravens offensive line, even the Steelers, even the Browns. I think uh, it is gonna be amazing watching. Okay, I'm moving on. Let's let's talk about the uh. I'm going to talk about the uh, New York Giants. Now, 
They got a Monday night football game against the Pittsburgh Steelers. That's going to be their test with Danny Dantas and uh, Saquon Barkley to set the tone for the NFC East. But I don't really got much saying in that, saying in that because they right there, they they got a prove, they got a, an experienced coach, but they got a proven offensive coordinator in Jason Garrett. So he can probably scheme up something that can help them at least get through the season. But I think Saquon should be phenomenal this season. He's healthy. Daniel Jones, he's learned a lot. You know, he had the most fumbles for a rookie last season. I think that should get better. And for the defense, uh, the, the James Bradbury, you signed them for a 15-year 15, 15 a top five, top 10 highest paid corner. So you want to see what that defense is going to be about. It's very scary. But I'm going to move on, go to the Philadelphia Eagles. Now, they won a division last year. And, you know, I was saying last year the Cowboys going to beat the the Eagles in week 14 or 15, and you had the Eagles coming out because Carson Wentz is better than Dak Prescott. And believe it or not, Dak Prescott is a top five quarterback in this 2020 upcoming season. And Carson Wentz is no, right not the top 10 of quarterbacks because he's not durable a lot. He's not durable. He's not durable enough to be on the field. He's been hurt in practice. And you've been seeing that hoopla Jalen Hurts moment might show up. But Carson Wentz, he has to prove to his team and himself that he needs to stay healthy. Because believe it or not, I like that team. I like Miles Sanders. I like I like what they bring to the table. Regardless, they lost Lane Johnson. They lost their best offensive lineman right there. So that's going to be a questionable right there. But Miles Sanders and Zach Ertz, even Alshon Deshaun Jackson, you want to see what they're going to bring. And that defense, I think that defense is going to be just fine. Darius Slay, he, he, they traded for him. And you know they, the offense, the D line is 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 still the same. So, but they brought in J- Jamal Hare, grown from uh, from Pittsburgh Steelers. So I think what they go do with that defense. But I don't have the win in the AFC East, honestly. But I'm gonna move on to the one and only the Dallas Cowboys. I'm gonna just be real simple with them. Boom, that you got one of the best running backs in the league. You got one of the top top drafted receivers in uh, CD Lamb. I think he's gonna make a big a big impact for this Cowboys team. He could be potentially the number one receiver. Amari Cooper is going to be there alongside Michael Gallup, too. So I think they can honestly make some history right here. The first uh, trio with 1,000 yards since the 2008 Cardinals. I think they can make some history right here. They got a fully offensive loaded. They're loaded on both sides of the ball. And they got an experienced coach. Mike McCarthy, they used to coach your great quarterback, Aaron Rodgers. So I'm expecting this Cowboys team to be an elite team in this 2020 season. Okay, let's let me start off with the bad in this division. I'm not, I'm not going to spend too much time on yeah. the, Washington, the Washington football team and New York Giants like you did. Let's start off with the Washington football team. This year, Dwayne Haskins has to show that he has promise moving forward. He doesn't have to be spectacular. He's not going to lead the Washington, the, the Washington football team to the playoffs or anything like that. He just has to show that he has a promising future. Last year, he had seven touchdowns, seven interceptions, over 1,300 passing yards, completed 59% of his passes. Not very impressive, but what was he working with? Not much. And he had a lame duck coach last year, and I don't think that that I don't think that coach wanted him a part of that team. Uh, I, I don't. I just don't think he did. I, I'm, I think I'm thinking about um, who was they coach last year? Man, I can't think of his name. Gruden. 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 Yeah, Jay Gruden. He didn't want. I don't think he never really wanted Haskins to begin with. I like Ron Rivera though. I think Ron Rivera. Is the kind of coach that can come in and change your culture. And I think that's what he's going to do with the Washington football team. I don't think Jay Gruden was the coach to do that. I think that's Ron Rivera. And I think he's the 
kind of coach that can do just that. I like them drafting Chase Young. I think there's a possibility. When we look back on this draft, we might say, even over Tua, even over Joe Burrow, we might actually say Chase Young was the best player in that draft. That's how great Chase Young is. So I like them drafting Chase Young. Now let's get to the New York Giants. They got a new head coach as well in Joe Judge. What the hell was Joe Judge proving? Not much at all. And he's talked about at times in camp about having Daniel Jones get hit in practice. I guess he wants to try to develop his culture and, 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 and set the tone as a coach. But I don't think that's going to be a recipe for success if you're letting your young quarterback, who's your franchise quarterback, get hit in practice. I don't think that's a recipe for success. Daniel Jones, I need to see him protect the football better this year. Last year, when he got flustered, he fumbled the ball a lot, Clarence, in key moments, yeah. in games. I think Daniel Jones he do a better job of protecting the football and handing the football off to Saquon Barkley. That's all you got to do, Daniel Jones. Get the ball to Saquon and let Saquon make things happen because that's what he will do with the football. With Saquon Barkley, I think he's one of the best playmakers we have in the NFL. Now, when, it gets to, when I talk about the Philadelphia Eagles, last year the Philadelphia Eagles won the division and they were depleted. Deshaun Jackson was injured. He didn't play. They had a ton of injuries on the offensive side of the ball, and they still somehow, some way, made the playoffs. And they had no business being there. And I think Carson Wentz is by far the best player in this division at the quarterback spot. Like I think he's the best quarterback in this division by far, and it's not even close. I also believe that at this moment, Doug Peterson is the best coach in this division. Mike McCarthy had an opportunity to coach Aaron Rodgers, and Brett Favre. Doug Peterson didn't have that luxury. And guess what? Doug Peterson won a Super Bowl with Nick Foles. And Nick Foles isn't even a starting quarterback in the NFL now. It shows you what kind of coach Doug Peterson is. So I expect the Philadelphia Eagles to play well this year, and I think they're going to be competing at the top of the NFC East with the Dallas Cowboys. They're going to get back Deshaun Jackson. Defensively, you still got Fletcher Cox. You still excuse me, you still got some weapons, you know, Brandon Graham at, a, at the defensive end spot who made some plays in that Super Bowl a couple years ago. I like the Philadelphia Eagles team. I just want to see if they can stay healthy because injuries have always been an issue for this team. Can they stay healthy for the entire season? If they can, they'll have a shot at winning the NFC East. Now let me get to those Cowboys. The Dallas Cowboys offensively have the best team in this division. You have and he, a, a nice elite receiver and Amari Cooper. You got Michael Gallup, who also can make plays. They brought in C.D. Lamb, who's going to have a promising career. I like them drafting C.D. Lamb, and I like that pickup. You got Ezekiel Elliott, who I believe is still a top five running back in the NFL. So I like the Cowboys offensively, and I think they're going to put up points. My question for the Cowboys is, can they get stops defensively? That's the problem. Can Sean Lee stay healthy an entire season? He's had his injury issues in the past. Also, you got Demarcus Lawrence, who can apply pressure to your quarterback. You got – they brought in also, I think, Smith. You know, Alden Smith he used to play with the Stephenson 49ers. He's going to be a nice addition for that Cowboys defense. They also might at some point sign Earl Thomas, Clarence. I love to see that happen. So I think the Cowboys, they have some nice pieces defensively. They have to be able to get key stops so they can get the ball back for Dak Prescott and that Cowboys offense. So that's my expectations for each team. In this division, I think the Cowboys and the Eagles are going to be battling 
for the NFC, the NFC East crown. Yeah, I agree right there. But you can't forget about Everson Griffin that signed with the Cowboys too. That's a big addition too. So they expect a Super Bowl, Super Bowl like right there, right then and there. Now let me ask you a question: Do you expect to see Jalen Hurts start any games this year for the Eagles? You know, I don't expect him to start a lot. Of, I don't expect him to start no games this year, but I expect him to be in some type of packages like what the New Orleans Saints do with Taysom Hill. I think they should put him in like those type of packages because he's a good runner. He's strong and powerful, and I think he has a bright future in the NFL also. And if Carson Wentz keeps slipping, Jalen Hurts will be right there to take his spot. But I don't think he should have any starts. Now, if Carson Wentz deal with injuries, that's different. But I think they should have like some type of package with him. Like, you know, like they did with the Philly special. I think they should do something similar like that with him because he's athletic. He's an athletic person, and he's a dual threat. He is a dual threat quarterback. But if, you, if you're if you going to ask the question, do you expect to see Jalen Hurts start any games this year? The first part that has to be answered is, do you expect Carson Wentz to miss any time? Because if you expect Carson Wentz to miss any time, that means you're, going, you're expecting to see Jalen start a few games this year if Carson yeah. Wentz misses some time. Last year, Carson Wentz had 27 touchdowns, seven interceptions, had over 4,000 passing yards, completed 64% of his passes, and led a depleted Philadelphia Eagles team to the playoffs. I'm expecting Carson Wentz to be healthy Sunday, and I expect Carson Wentz to play the entire season and be injury-free. Therefore, I don't expect to see Jalen Hurts start any games this year for the Philadelphia Eagles. I expect Carson Wentz to show that he can – remain healthy for an entire season because if he can't be healthy moving forward, the Philadelphia Eagles organization, they're going to wonder if he's their franchise quarterback. If you can't be healthy when a team needs you to be, what kind of value do you have add to the team? You have no value. Last year, he played like one snap in a playoff game against the Seattle Seahawks. I love Carson Wentz. I think Carson Wentz from a talent perspective is one of the best young quarterbacks we have in the NFL. I think Carson Wentz, should be mentioned with Lamar Jackson and Deshaun Watson and Patrick Mahomes, but he can't stay healthy. And that's the issue with Carson Wentz overall. But I expect him to be healthy this year. Believe it or not, though, I, mean, now, I just want to give you a fun fact for the uh, Philadelphia Eagles. Philadelphia Eagles, they was the first, Carson Wentz actually the first quarterback to throw over 4,000 yards and no receiver had no more than 500 receiving yards. No receiver. Okay, Don't now... Let's, let's let's go to the Cowboys. Under new head coach Mike McCarthy, will the Cowboys live up to expectations? I think I think they they gonna live up to expectations because they have they have a lot of a lot of weapons on that team that can that can help live up to the expectation. They're they're fully they're fully loaded. They're elite, and they bringing in C.D. Lamb. I think that was a brilliant idea to bring in a, a receiver like that because he's he's well established. He's a good run after the catch, and he's a he's a future number one receiver. You already got the best running back in the NFL, Ezekiel Elliott. He doesn't miss games over no injuries or nothing, so he's very durable. So you have some you have a reliable quarterback. I think I think that you have to seriously get Dak Prescott like heavily involved. I know what they be saying, folk like run the ball with Zeke more, but Dak Prescott he's getting he's getting looked at as an elite quarterback. They have to be balanced out this whole season. Their defense is – the front seven is, is fantastic. The secondary is going to scare me a little bit without Byron Jones. And they only got Xavier Woods, but, and they only got Chuck Anubier. So I think that's 
that defense right there is going to be just fine, but the secondary is going to scare me. But they have to live up to the hope. They have a Hall of Famer coach in Mike McCarthy. He has to lead them. In their first game against the L.A. Rams, he has to show that the Cowboys are here to play, and they're built for these moments. When you ask the question, will the Cowboys live up to expectations, you have to define what those expectations are. If it's the Cowboys making it to the Super Bowl, that's not going to happen. That's not going to happen, okay? Let me go ahead and let it be known right now and let everyone know, Cowboy Nation out there, hope you're watching Wise Guys on the Worldwide Sports Network. Remember, go and follow Wise Guys on Twitter at WiseGuys underscore H. Also on Facebook, Wise Guys Cowboy fans. It's a lot of Cowboy fans out there, Clarence. Go and follow our sports page on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. We love y'all. But they ain't winning no Super Bowl this year, and they're not even getting to the Super Bowl. So if your expectation is as a, as a Cowboy fan is for the Cowboys to make it to the Super Bowl, it's not going to happen. Now, if you have expectations for them to get to the playoffs, I believe that can happen. I think they'll have an opportunity to compete for the NFC East crown. And if they don't win the NFC East, they'll compete for an NFC wildcard spot. So I think you have to define your expectations when you say whether or not they can live up to expectations this year under Mike McCarthy. If your expectations are Super Bowl, it won't happen. But if it's playoffs, it's a possibility it could happen. And let's move on to another championship. Say it again. At least they they in their in their eyes they they are a team that can make the NFC championship. And I the NFC the whole NFC division it's a it's a been a toss up. It's been a toss up who's coming out the NFC East. I mean, and not well not the NFC East, it's the NFC. I think the their expectation yeah. is making an NFC conference championship game, and I believe they can make that expectation. But everybody has to play their role. Who has the better season this year, Daniel Jones or Dwayne Haskins? Believe it or not, I think Danny 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 Dan's gonna have the better season because he got a a a, a smart a smart and poised running back in Saquon Barkley. He has a good coaching staff behind him that go help him build to be a good player in this NFL. And he got some young core young core receiver with uh, Clayton Steve Clayton. He got Golden Tate and he got Evan Ingram. That's a nice solid tight end. But when you have a like one of the best running backs in the league in Saquon Barkley, I think you'll be just fine. But he has to learn how to take care of the football. But I'm, I'm betting my money on him to have a better season than Dwayne Haskins because Dwayne Haskins is going to meet some tough teams and on his schedule that he going to have to live up to and fight through. But I'm taking Denny Dines. What about you? Coming out of the draft, I said I believe in Dwayne Haskins as a quarterback in the NFL, a quarterback that you could build your team around. And now that he has Ron Rivera as his head coach, I think Dwayne Haskins will have a better season this year than Daniel Jones because I believe Dwayne Haskins has a better coaching staff around him than Daniel Jones. We don't know what kind of coach Joe Judge is going to be this year. We don't we, we don't know what to expect from Joe Judge as a head coach. We know Ron Rivera is a coach who has led his team to a Super Bowl appearance when he was with the Carolina Panthers. He 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 was a coach that won a lot of games in Carolina with Cam Newton as as his starting quarterback. So I think Dwayne Haskins will have a better season than Daniel Jones just off the strength of him having a better coaching staff around him than Daniel Jones. But So I think it'll be a a, a close, you know, matchup between these two young quarterbacks. I'll just give Dwayne Haskins a slight edge because he has a coaching matchup. Now, who wins the division? I already told you, but I got the Dallas Cowboys winning this division, man. They're the best team in this division. And the Eagles got to show me they can stay healthy at the quarterback spot, even on the defensive side, too. But the Eagles, I mean, the Cowboys, it's right there. It's right there for them to be crowned. 
Only way they got to win these, they got to win strong games. They got to play together. Mike McCarthy, he got this show that he's he's still coaching. He he's one of the best coaches in the NFL. I got the Dallas Cowboys. What you? What about you? With the Philadelphia Eagles to win it in the East. And I'm gonna tell you why. The Dallas Cowboys, every time it seems like they have it together, every time it seems like they're headed in the right direction, somehow, some way, they get in their own way and they come up small once we get late in the season and into December. I already told you, I believe Carson Wentz is a better quarterback than Dak Prescott. I also believe. Doug Peterson right now, just right now, is a better coach than Mike McCarthy because I haven't seen Mike McCarthy coach in a few years. Now, if Mike McCarthy comes back and he has the success that he had in Green Bay, that's another conversation we could have later on in the season you know, or next year. But I think Doug Peterson is the, a better coach right now as overall than Dallas Cowboys. Therefore, I think they're going to have the slight edge over the Cowboys in the NFC East. I think it's going to be a close race the entire season but I think once we get late into December, I think Carson Wentz and the Philadelphia Eagles are going to separate themselves from the Dallas Cowboys. And I think the Cowboys will be competing for NFC wildcard spot. I'm not saying the Cowboys will make the playoffs at all because we'll do our playoff picks next week. I just think that the Philadelphia Eagles are going to win the NFC East. Yeah. I just, I just think trust that- them more. I trust them more. I just think for them, them two right there, them 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 gonna be always the two teams that's fighting for the crown spot at NFC East. But the Cowboys, they okay. have a better defense than they have a better defense than the Eagles, and then the offensive side is more more talent on their side. I just think the Cowboys, this is their year. They have a coach that can help them execute plays and lead them. I, I'm really I'm really expecting them to come out to NFC East at least get a at least. At least make the second round of the playoffs. All the talent they have, that's not a good look. It will not be a good look for that Cowboys team. This I year agree. they should win the NFC East. Let's move on. Let's go down to the NFC South. Everybody, remember to go follow Wise Guys on Twitter at WiseGuys underscore H. Also on Facebook, Wise Guys. And be sure to follow Wise Guys on Instagram with these guys know sports. Let's talk about the NFC South, Clarence. 2019 results. Let's for the Niners, I'm sorry, not the Niners. The Saints won the division with a 13 and three record. The Bucks finished seven and nine. The Falcons seven and nine, and the Panthers five and eleven. What are your expectations for each team in this division? Give me a second. Give me a second. Want me to go? Yeah. Now, what was the question again? What are your expectations for each team in this division in the NFC South? I think you'll see a lot of shootouts between these type of these teams you'll see a lot of shootouts that you go it's go they might put up 40 or 50 points because they have a lot of firepower on the offensive side but i'm gonna start off with the weakest link the carolina panthers i think this is the type of role that teddy bridgewater he's still showing showing that he's still trying to show his coach that he's a real franchise quarterback so they don't have to look no other way to draft another quarterback you got one of the best running backs in the league chris mccaffrey you know i believe that him and Robbie Anderson, I think this offensive side is very well, uh, well decent enough to score a lot of points and possibly win some games. But the defense, I think this is not going to look good. Okay, I'm going to move on. I'm going to move on to the Atlanta Falcons. Now, we already know Julio Jones is the best run receiver in the league. He's one of the best. And 
They they drafted the top. They, they ain't drafted, but they signed Ty Gurley off an of injury because they signed them because the Rams released them. I think this this Falcons team they they is a dark horse team in the N- NFC South because they have a lot of firepower on that offensive side that can put up points and that can close out games. The real question is: Is Ty Gurley healthy? Is he going to be hundred percent all season? Is he going to be reliable? That's going to be one of the biggest questions in that Falcons locker room. Okay, I'm moving to the next one. I'm going to go on with the New Orleans Saints. They, they're talented from top to bottom, both sides of the ball. They're very talented. And they got one. They got the best receiver in the league in Michael Thomas. So this is Drew Brees' year. Can you win a playoff game? Because it's been three years that, that you couldn't just get, get, the, get the playoff thing going. Everybody keeps saying this is your Super Bowl year. Can you, can you lead them to a Super Bowl year? I believe they're not, but this is the year for him to show that Hey, I'm leading this team to a Super Bowl, and we're going to win it all. It ain't going to be easy. It's going to be tough. Now, I'm going to move on to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. You know, they got one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time, Tom Brady, one of the greatest tight ends of all time, and Rob Gronkowski, and you just signed Leonard Fournette. The list goes on. And I think this team right here is, is like stacked. They're loaded. They're loaded on both sides of the ball. They're very loaded, Trey. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers is going to shock a lot of people. I think that the Tampa Buccaneers, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, are going to the playoffs this year. I'm marching there right now, wise guys. These guys know sport. Where they got a great leader in Tom Brady, and elite receivers in Chris Godwin and Mike Evans and Leonard Fournette as your running back. Yeah, I got them going to the playoffs this year. When they get to the playoffs, come out at me. But this Tampa Bay team is loaded and ready to go. And their first game against the Saints on the road, they got to show that they can play in the NFC South because it get crazy in the big apple tray. Now the floor is yours. All right, I'm going to start off with the Carolina Panthers. I will admit I'm a little biased about the Carolina Panthers because I didn't like the way Panthers owner David Tepper and new head coach Matt Rule did Cam Newton in his final days being a part of that Carolina Panthers organization, Clarence. I didn't like the way they text Cam Newton and let him know they were going to be releasing him of his duties. I thought that was very unprofessional, and I think Cam Newton deserved to be treated better on his way out of Carolina. It's one thing if you want to move on from Cam Newton. That's fine. But it's a whole entire different thing if you're going to text him instead of letting him know, you know, up front, face-to-face. I think that's a face-to-face conversation, not text. So I'm not really – I'm not rooting for the Carolina Panthers this year at all, and I, I'm not, and I don't want them to really win many football games – because of how they treated Cam. So that's for that's really just mainly for Panthers owner David Sepper and Matt and Matt Rule, the head coach. But I do like them bring I think Teddy Bridgewater in a few games in the regular season. I think he's a slight upgrade over quarterback like Tyrod Taylor. They kind of similar, but I think I'll take Teddy over Tyrod slightly. You know, Teddy Bridgewater has shown he can win a, a division title. He won a division title with the Minnesota Vikings in, in the NFC North a few years ago. So I, I like them bringing in Teddy Bridgewater, you know, a replacement for Cam. You know, I don't think he's going to be able to uplift this team at an MVP level like Cam New did, but I believe he can play well for the Carolina Panthers and, and help them win some football games. You know Christian McCaffrey's one of the best running backs we have in the NFL, and I think he's going to be a nice security blanket for Teddy Bridgewater. You know, I think when Teddy Bridgewater's in trouble this year, when he's in trouble, when he's under duress, 
he has a nice luxury to be able to throw the ball out to Christian McCaffrey in the flat and let Christian McCaffrey make something out of nothing. So I like the fact they got Christian McCaffrey still in that backfield, one of the most dynamic players we have in the NFL. I think the Carolina Panthers, they're going to be one of those teams this year that spoil a lot of playoff contending teams hopes of getting to the playoffs like when we get to december i think teddy bridgewater and the panthers they're going to be spoiling a lot of playoff contenders chances of getting to a playoffs and making something happen so that's the kind of team i think they're going to be now let's get to the atlanta falcons contrary to what most people believe matt matt ryan actually hasn't really played bad the last few years for the atlanta falcons it's been their defense where they've struggled i think Matt Ryan is still a nice quarterback in the NFL that you can win football games with. I like the fact that they brought in Todd Gurley, and I think Todd Gurley, similar to Cam, is going to be playing motivated this year. He He's heard the doubters as well and heard people say he doesn't have anything left in the tank because of his knee injuries that he's had in the past. I think Todd Gurley is going to be motivated to prove that he still is a top running back we have in the NFL, and I think he's going to be a nice reliable security blanket for Matt Ryan to depend on to hand the ball off to. Therefore, all the pressure is not on Matt Ryan to win games for the Atlanta Falcons. You mentioned it earlier. Julio Jones is one of the top receivers we have in the NFL. I hope this year Dan Quinn and the Atlanta Falcons can somehow, some way, find a way to create more opportunities for Julio Jones to showcase his talents, because sometimes we forget about how great Julio Jones is. The last few years, we've been talking about Michael Thomas. We've talked about DeAndre Hopkins. We've talked about Odell. We haven't talked about Julio, honestly, probably since the Super Bowl loss by the Atlanta Falcons. Wouldn't you agree with that? Like, we wouldn't even talk yeah. about Julio. We know how great Julio is, but we ain't oh, talked about talk Julio. About, yeah, we ain't talked but about that, him a lot. But, but mainly, it's, been mainly, it's been mainly because the Atlanta Falcons have been irrelevant. Let's just call it what it is. They've been irrelevant. So, you know, he's playing receiver, and that's a dependent position where you need everything around you to go right in order to be effective. When I look at the Atlanta Falcons head coach, Dan Quinn, the team loves Dan Quinn. They love playing for Dan Quinn. But if Dan Quinn doesn't find a way to get the Falcons to the playoffs this year, Clarence, I think Arthur Blank, the owner for the Atlanta Falcons, he's going to be moving into a different direction next year. I don't think Dan Quinn is going to have another opportunity to coach this team if he doesn't get it done this season. And sometimes I think this team still, they have that Super Bowl hangover from a few years ago when they blew that 28-3 point lead in the Super Bowl against Tom Brady and the Patriots. I think this team has struggled to, you know, regain their confidence and regain their, their, their stride. Now, let's get to the Saints. We know the Saints brought in Emmanuel Sanders in free agency, and they added Emmanuel Sanders with Michael Thomas. I think Michael Thomas and... Emmanuel Sanders can be a nice duel at the receiver position for the New Orleans Saints. And I think the fact that they re-signed Alvin Kamara, I'm not sure if his contract details have been released yet, but it's been reported that they're about to agree on a new contract with Alvin Kamara. You have to bring back Alvin Kamara if you want to have any chance of making a Super Bowl if you're in New Orleans Saints. Drew Brees, I believe this might be his last year, Clarence. This may be his last final season in the NFL. And I think if the Saints want to have any chance of winning the Super Bowl, Drew Brees is going to need Alvin Kamara. He's going to need Michael Thomas and Emmanuel Sanders to make plays for him as the season goes along. Another thing, I've noticed the last two years, towards the end of the season, Drew Brees, his play 
has dissipated. Like he hasn't been at a high level. Like he hasn't really played well in the latter part, in the lat, in the end of the schedule, and the end, the end of the year overall. I think he's been struggling. So I want to see if Drew Brees can maintain playing at a high level throughout the entire season. Defensively, we know they have Cameron Jordan, you know, elite defensive lineman who can get pressure on the quarterback. I love the New Orleans Saints team. But the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are loaded. And they had a nice team last year, but they had Jameis Winston pulling the trigger at quarterback. Now you add the GOAT to a team that has Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, Cameron Bray, signing Rob Gronkowski, O.J. Howard, and you had the nerve to go and sign Leonard Fournette and LaShawn McCoy. This team is loaded offensively. Tom Brady has numerous of options to throw the ball to. And I think Tom Brady this year, I can't believe I'm saying this because I'm, I'm going to be honest, Clarence, I don't like really admitting this because I don't like the fact that Tom Brady's in the NFC. I hate the fact that, listen, you know I'm a Packers fan. It bothers me that the Packers have not put a supporting cast around Aaron Rodgers, and here comes Tom Brady to the NFC, and the Bucks they have a loaded supporting cast around Tom Brady. Like, what the hell is going on here? Aaron Rodgers has been in the NFC all these years. In the last few years, the Packers organization, they have done a disservice to my quarterback. I'm not going to make this about Aaron Rodgers and my Packers, but I just don't like the fact, Clarence, that Tom Brady comes over to the NFC and he has a better supporting cast than Aaron Rodgers already. I, 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 I don't like it one bit, but, but I think the Tampa Bay Buccaneers defense is actually much better than most people give them credit for. Like, they're much better than what people give them credit for. I think they're going to have a nice season this year. Uh, but yeah, that's, I think the Bucks, the Bucks, and the Saints and the Falcons will all be competing in the NFC South. I don't think the Panthers have a chance of winning the NFC South. I think they're going to spoil some teams' playoff chances. But I like the Saints, Bucks, and the Falcons in the NFC South. Yeah, that that right there is going to be uh, that right there. So I want to ask you real quick. What, do you do you think that's a three-team race right there for the playoffs in that type of division? Yes. I think the Falcons this year will be contending for a playoff spot along with the New Orleans Saints and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I think they're going to be right there. But let me ask you a question. Yeah. Which veteran quarterback has the better season, Tom Brady or Drew Brees? Believe it or not, I like that signing with um, – with that signing where Emmanuel Sanders going to Drew Brees because they give them a reliable number two. That's what they like. That's why Michael Thomas got all the catches that and targets he deserved because they didn't have no reliable number two. But I think this court, this season, you have to roll with Tom Brady and them. You have to because for the simple fact being, he has more weapons he can use and utilize. He has two elite receivers. He Leonard Fournette. LaShawn Lashawn McCoy just came off a of Super Bowl with the Kansas City Chiefs, and then you just and then you you still got Keyshawn Vaughn that you drafted, and and you mentioned it the defense, not not the defense, but the offensive side, the offense the offensive line is gonna be kind of questionable, but you have Tom Brady, you have Mike Evans, you have Chris Godwin, they're loaded, they're very loaded. I expect them to least average thirty points, Trey, and I'm not even being like joking about. I expect them to drop at like least score like at least five touchdowns for the simple fact because Mike Evans is a beast. Chris Godwin is a beast. 
OJ Howard, Ron Gronkowski. He has so many options he can throw it to. I believe it's Tom Brady is the best quarterback in this division right now. And I think he's got the better season. And who knows? He might throw 55 touchdowns. You never know. I disagree with you. I think I think Drew Brees is going to have a better season than Tom Brady. I think Drew Brees been in that system with Sean Payton. You know, he, he has the familiarity advantage over Tom Brady. I think Drew Brees also has the the best running back, you know, between the two teams. I think Alvin Kamara is better than Leonard Fournette and LaShawn McCoy. I think Alvin Kamara, his ability to catch the ball out of the backfield and create mismatches for opposing teams' defensive linebackers, I think that's an advantage that Drew Brees will take advantage of this year. And I think that's something that, to keep in mind. I think Drew Brees, again, them adding Emmanuel Sanders to that receiving core that they already have, Michael Thomas, I like that dynamic duo with Sanders and Thomas at the receiver position. Yeah, I, 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 do think, I do think Tom Brady has more variety of weapons, but I think Drew Brees, him being more familiar in that Saints system with Sean Payton as his head coach and also having a nice running back in Alvin Kamara who you can depend on, I think it gives Drew Brees a slight edge over Drew Brees, I mean, over, over Tom Brady, rather. And I, I'm going to give the slight edge to, to, to Drew Brees over time when it comes to who has the better season this year. And plus, I think Drew Brees is hearing all the doubters say that he only has one or two years left. So I think Drew Brees wants to go out with the bang. And I think he knows in order to elevate himself amongst the NFL all-time greatest quarterbacks, he has to win another Super Bowl. Like, he, unlike Aaron Rodgers, unlike Tom Brady and Peyton Manning, he never had an NFL MVP. Drew Brees, at no point in his career, he's never been able to say definitively he's the best player in that particular season. He doesn't even have an MVP on his resume. I'm not saying, I'm not saying that, I'm not saying and questioning his greatness. I'm just saying I think Drew Brees is motivated to have a great season before it's all said and done because he knows there are doubters out there who believe that because he doesn't have an NFL MVP, it takes away from his greatness. I don't believe so, but there are people that believe that. Yeah, I just think that that Saints and Buccaneers game on Sunday, man, it's going to be very excited to see two great, two goats go up against each other. And for Breeze, though, he has to show that he, he you have to win another Super Bowl. I've been looking at every prediction. They had the Saints winning, going to the Super Bowl. It was some with the Saints and Chiefs, Saints and Ravens. It's it's right here. It's do or die this year, man. This is this is like your last opportunity for him. Like this is his last opportunity, Trey, to at least go out with a bang this year. Go out with a bang. They're loaded on both sides of the ball. But I think the Buccaneers have the running back advantage because they can swap in any running backs they want, and they have more running backs on that roster right now that they can switch switch up and run the ball with. That's what that's just my opinion. And I think defensively, the Saints they have playmakers at every level of their defense. Obviously up front, you got Cameron Jordan who, who makes plays for that defense. At the linebacker spot, you got DeMario Davis. Last year when I watched Saints games, DeMario Davis, the linebacker for that team, he always made play after play after play. He, he basically like jumped off my TV screen. Like every time I watched Saints, he made plays. And then in the secondary, you still got Malcolm Jenkins a proven veteran That's who can make plays in a secondary for their team. 
Say it again. That's scary for Malcolm Jenkins to go back to the New Orleans Saints. Like that gives them a reliable, like free safety, strong safety position. Yeah. Who who wins who wins this division? It's tough. This one's tough. It is tough though. It is tough though. But I've been I've been rolling with this pick all all year long. I'm taking the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in this one. I think that the Saints they finally got someone they they can play with them. They could keep up with them. And regardless of what the Falcons the Falcons couldn't do it for a long time. And even believe it or not. The Buccaneers beat the Saints in the Big Apple before with Ryan Fitzpatrick. But now you switching out Fitzpatrick with Tom Brady. I think you you got another competitor in that division. But I think Tampa Bay is running off with this one. What about two? Uh, I'm going to take the Saints to win the division for one reason and one reason only. I think the Saints have the coaching advantage over the Buccaneers. I like Bruce Arians. I think Bruce Arians is a nice coach in the NFL. And I think he he's, he's, he's worked with some of the best quarterbacks you know, in NFL history. He's working with Tom Brady right now. He's worked with Big Ben Roethlisberger at one point in his career. I think at one point he worked with Carson Palmer, although Carson Palmer's not great, but he worked with Carson Palmer, you know, you know, in Arizona. So I like Bruce Arians as a coach. I just don't think he is on Sean Payton's level. I think Sean Payton's coaching experience is going to help the New Orleans Saints in a tough division battle with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I think it's going to be a tight race the entire season. And I think week one is going to tell us a lot. They play each other on Sunday. That's going to tell us a lot on which team is going to win this division. I know it's only one game, but I think that is one of those games that you want to win so you can set the tone and let everyone else know in the division. Hey, we are the leaders of this division. And in order to be able to take the crown from us, you got to beat us. I think that's how New Orleans feels overall. New Orleans has won this division the last three years. They feel like they are the cream of the, you know, cream of the crop at the top of the NFC South. So I think I in agree. order for, yeah, and I think in order for the New Orleans Saints, you know, I'm sorry, in order for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers to win this division, they're going to, have to prove that they can beat the New Orleans Saints in those key pivotal games. It starts this Sunday, week one, when they match up you know, going up against each other. So I'm excited to see that. But I'm going to get the Saints a slight edge over the Buccaneers, but it's going to be a nice race the entire season in the NFC South. And also a dark horse is Atlanta Falcons. I'm not writing off the Atlanta Falcons like you are. I think they got a shot at the playoffs. I really do. Yeah, I think they, they got a shot, though, but I, I wouldn't expect them to be to be a second, second place or first place. But third, I think they got a shot if they can knock off the Saints or Falcons. I mean, Saints or Bucks. <laughs> Let's go to the NFC West. The 49ers won a division last year, 13 and three records. Seahawks, 11 and five. Rams, nine and seven. Cardinals, five, 10 and one. What are your expectations for each team in this division? I'm going to start off with the Arizona Cardinals because I love Kyler Murray. I love the way how he's, he's, he's on, the, on the field making plays. And now he just got the best, one of the best receivers in DeAndre Hopkins that's third in catch since 2013, third in catches. 30 yards and second and touchdowns. I think that is right there is impressive when you get some type of guy like that. And to them, this is this year, this this is experience year. Like this is like a like a like a hypothesis year. Like, what can you do with DeAndre Hopkins? We give you DeAndre Hopkins. What can you bring to the table with him? Can you explode with this guy? Right then and there, can you? All right. 
And on that defensive side, I think for the defense that they're going to struggle. Honestly, that they're going to struggle a lot because they have a lot of a lot of young proven players there that need to be proven for this year. I like that the Byrus Murphy guy, the cornerback, and I like the Buda Baker and Patrick Peterson. I think them right, them players right there is going to help bring the set the volume of this defense. And Buda Baker, I don't, and the simple fact he doesn't have no interceptions in his career, I believe that he's going to get. I believe he's going to get. Um, he's going to get his first career interception this season. Okay, I move on to the L.A. Rams. I really got much to say to them. I mean, they got they got a host. They, they host the Dallas Cowboys in their new stadium. I think the stadium is beautiful. But Jared Goff, I think this is his season to actually lead this team. Can you be a, a constructive leader on this team? Like we want to see. We want to see. Can you can you lead? Can you lead this L.A. Rams team? You still got a good a good nice defense with Aaron Donald leading and Sean McVay is the coach. I want to see. Can you lead this team? All right, moving on to the Seattle Seahawks. You brought in you brought in uh, Jamal Adams in the trade. You traded two first round picks. You still got one of the third highest paid quarterback in Russell Wilson on your team to lead your team, and you got a nice nice skilled players in Tyler. Tyler, uh, excuse me, excuse me, excuse me. You all right? Yeah, my phone, my phone, my phone dropped. You, I like DK Metcalf. I like Chris Carson. I even like Greg Olson on that Seattle Seahawks team. I think right there, that addition right there is going to help that Seahawks team get better. You still got your captain leader, uh, uh, Bobby Wagner, on the defensive side that's still leading the pack, and he's going to do this. Like, this is right here. Like, he's leading that team. He is definitely leading the team. And And I can't forget about the San Francisco 49ers. The 49ers right here, this is Kyle Shanahan and Jimmy Garoppolo moment to lead this team. There hasn't been no uh, a team that lost the Super Bowl and bounce, go back to the Super Bowl. Actually, been like three teams that does that done it before. I want to see can Jimmy what Jimmy Garoppolo's gonna bring to the table. Now your boy, now your old friend Christian Bradley. He said Jimmy Garoppolo is gonna be a top five quarterback in the NFL, and he's gonna win win the NFL MVP. That right there is a huge expectation for the for Jimmy Garoppolo. You got a reliable defense that still is, is going to be okay stopping plays, but can we, can Jimmy Garoppolo make plays and be the quarterback that they're paying him? Like That right there is more important. What about you, Trey? All right, let's start off with the Arizona Cardinals. I like the fact that the Arizona Cardinals brought in DeAndre Hopkins and teamed him up with Larry Fitzgerald. Larry Fitzgerald is the only player that I've ever saw that has defeated Father Time. Larry Fitzgerald is still playing at a high level as a receiver for the Arizona Cardinals. I still believe that he can contribute for this Arizona Cardinals offense. I like Kyler Murray, Clarence. I really do. I think Kyler Murray has a, tr- a promising future ahead of him. I like Kyler Murray when he played at Oklahoma. He passed the eye test for me. Like, when I watch quarterbacks, I always watch to see if they can handle the pressure that comes with being a quarterback. Can they go through their progressions and and read the defense to make the right play? Kyler Murray had some promise last year, you know, in his first season. He had 20 touchdowns, 12 interceptions. And I I like Kyler Murray as a future young quarterback in the NFL. I think this year 
he's going to to take some uh, some strides. My questions about the Arizona Cardinals is about their head coach, Cliff Kingsbury. I'm not sure Cliff Kingsbury is a coach in the NFL that could lead your team to a playoff berth. I, I got my question about Cliff Kingsbury. I don't. I, I really didn't like him getting the job to begin with because he didn't even have a winning record at the collegiate level. You know, so I, I got my questions about Cliff Kingsbury overall. I like Kyler Murray though, and again, I like them bringing in DeAndre Hopkins, and I like the fact that they gave DeAndre Hopkins a new contract. You know, I think it was two years, fifty-four point five million dollars. So I like the fact that they showed DeAndre Hopkins love immediately once he got brought in you know, via trade from the Houston Texans. They show DeAndre Hopkins that he's worth the money that they're paying him. When it comes to the Seattle Seahawks, they traded for Jamal Adams. I think Jamal Adams is going to help their secondary, and I think they're going to be much improved in that area. Um, You know, this team has been led by Russell Wilson, and he's basically carried this team the last three or four years since LOB diminished. It's been all about Russell Wilson. They need to start getting some help for Russell Wilson. Russell Wilson has carried the Seattle Seahawks, literally. I mean, without Russell Wilson, I think this team would be picking top five in the NFL draft. Pete Carroll, put some nice pieces around Russell Wilson so Russell Wilson can succeed (laughs) for the Seattle Seahawks. But I like Jamal Adams, them bringing him in. We're going to see offensively if, if, if if DK Metcalf can elevate this year and become a nice you know, reliable receiver for Russell Wilson. You know, we're going to see what happens with the Seattle Seahawks. I think last year, them getting to the playoffs and getting to the NFC divisional round was a, you know, was an overachievement. I think Russell Wilson carried them last year. We'll see what happens this year with them. Let's talk about the Rams for a second. I think the Rams, now they now they moved on from Todd Gurley, I think that's going to help this team. I think that was a break. Up that needed to happen. I think Todd Gurley needed to separate himself from the Rams, and I think the Rams they need to move on from Todd Gurley as well. So I think because of that, this team this year is going to play more loose and more free. Last year, in a down year, they still went nine and seven. That wasn't necessarily a terrible year last year for the Rams. They just didn't make the playoffs. Yeah, it was. But yeah, I think they're going to be a team that's going to be contending in the NFC West this year. I think they have a shot at making the playoffs. I don't like Jared Goff. I told you Jared Goff isn't, isn't very very good to me. But I do like Sean McVay as the head coach. Defensively, you still have Aaron Donald, the best defensive player we have in the NFL. So we know Aaron Donald's going to make plays for that Rams defense. So I think the Rams will compete for a playoff spot this year. When it comes to the San Francisco 49ers, I am in no position to ever disrespect the 49ers. The way they beat my Packers last year in the regular season and in the NFC Championship game, I will never throw dirt on that 49ers team. So I think the 49ers, they'll be competing as well in the NFC West. They have one of the best defenses we have in the NFL. And Jimmy Garoppolo has to prove that he can make plays in clutch moments. That's what it comes down to for the 49ers. Last year in the Super Bowl, they had an opportunity to win the Super Bowl over Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs. All Jimmy Garoppolo had to do was complete that pass to Emmanuel Sanders on that last possession for the 49ers. And we're having a completely different conversation right now heading into this season. It didn't happen. I want to see if Jimmy Garoppolo can be consistent for the 49ers and Shanahan. 
That's my overall expectations for each team in this division. We watching Jimmy G, man. We got to watch Jimmy G, man, because he's expected a lot. Who wins this, who wins this division? Yeah, this is a tough one right here. I believe this is another three-team race if the Cardinals can get on get on track. But to be on the safe side, I, I'm picking the Seattle Seahawks winning this division because I think once you bring in Jamal Adams, it helped clear up your safety problem, your strong safety problem. And you can go back playing playing your football that you was with Chris Carson running the ball and Russell Wilson leading. And now the defense got another vocal leader on that defensive side. I think I think the Seahawks can sneak their way into the AFC West division. I like the Seahawks. I like the Seahawks too. I think the Seahawks. I think the Seahawks will win the NFC West. It's going to be competitive between the Seahawks and the 49ers, but I think I'll give the slight edge to Russell Wilson and Pete Carroll over Kyle Shanahan and Jimmy Garoppolo. I'm going to roll with the Seattle Seahawks to win this division. I think it's going to be competitive. I think the Rams have an outside shot at a playoff berth, similar to how I feel about the Falcons. You know, I told you the Falcons have an outside shot at possibly making the playoffs as a wild card. I think the Rams are one of those teams that you got to look out for as well. So we'll see what happens. I got to see how I'm the NFC West. So do you. Let's move on to the NFC North. Last year, we know who won NFC North. My Packers won NFC North with the 13-3 record. The Vikings finished 10-6. The Bears was 8-8. And and the Lions went 3-12-1. Yes, they actually had a tie on their record last year. What are your expectations for each team in this division? I don't got too much expectations, so I'm going to start with the lowest one. I'm going to start with the Detroit Lions. This is Matt Patricia and Tribe and Tribulation year because you was coming in to help change the culture. You drafted DeAndre Swift. I really liked it, and I really like in this draft. I think he's going to be amazing in, this, in the NFL. But Matt Patricia, his coaching style, it has to fill in for this team. This team full with talent. With Matthew Stafford, before he got injured, he was actually leading the NFL in touchdowns and completions and yards per play. But all that went down the drain when he got injured. Now I'm going to go on to the Chicago Bears. They still dealing with that quarterback situation, but they named Mitchell Trubisky the starter. I'm not so sure if he can literally live, can be the starter all season long because he had problems of moving the ball downfield and stopping stopping them from having getting big plays done. It been it been times that they have a big play, then he'd go ghost the next possession. So right there, it's basically a toss-up which quarterback is the best in that type in that situation. But their defense is still phenomenal with Khalil Mack. And I like the pieces that they still have on their team. And they go still be a good defensive team. But that Chicago offense, and, and they need to get they need to find a find a solution at the quarterback position. Now I'm gonna get on the Minnesota Vikings. You trade away Stephon Diggs, you, you drafted Jordan Jefferson. I think it's going to be amazing for Kirk Cousins this year because he's got good route running ability and he got frontier speed. But Alan Thielen, I got him on my fantasy. I think he's going to impact impact the receiving more because he used to playing with Kirk Cousins and he caught a lot of passes from him. So I think he's going to be a reliable target, but Jefferson is going to be the fun target. He's going to be the fun target for Kirk Cousins, but Adam Thielen is going to be the the uh the uh the main target and his, and for for Kirk Cousins and their defense they they're they're gonna be real solid even though they're missing Danielle Hunter on the defensive side 
that's gonna be missing for the first three games. I think that's gonna impact them more because they only they brought in Yaga. Uh, I can't pronounce his name. He came from Jacksonville, and I think he's gonna they be. Don't, easy. They don't got Everson Griffin no more either. Nah, no, no, no. His name is uh y- Yannick Nagakwe or something like that. They came from Jacksonville. No, I understand. I was just saying they lost. They lost Griffin too. You know, Griffin went to the yeah, Cowboys. Yeah, he went to the Cowboys, and that was a good one for the Cowboys too. But that that right there, you still got a nice defense on the Vikings side. But in order for them to, to win this division, that defense got to beat a team like the, the Green Bay Packers, which I'm about to get to right at this minute because I know you a big Dallas fan. But the Vikings. They got a good offense and Dalvin Cook too. I like Dalvin Cook on the running back side. I think they're gonna be solid and they need to get a deal done for him because he's been like dedicated to this franchise for them, to be honest. Now I'm gonna get on the Green Bay Packers. Now, this is Aaron Rodgers' year to show that it's Super Bowl or die this season because he was one play away to making the Super Bowl with the uh not one play, but he was one game away to making the Super Bowl against the San Francisco 49ers, but they end up stopping them, unfortunately. And Aaron Jones has been phenomenal for this team for that running running game. I think I like I really like him a lot, and I think they should get a deal done. And Devontae Adams, I always I always give you trouble with Devontae Adams, but I do get credit when he's due. He has been one of the best receivers in the NFL with the route running ability, yards after catch, and he's been the only target for uh, Aaron Rodgers, which I'm just so disappointed that they didn't draft no other receiver in his last draft, but. Devontae Adams has remained the number one target, and he forever be the number one target until they get the reliable number two. Now on the defensive side, I like the pass rush in the in the uh the Williams the William Bros. Even though they're not brothers, I come the William Bros. But I like I like what they bring to the table, and the rush defense has to get better. It has to get better. Someone else, someone else than uh Zardarius Williams or our press, I mean the Smith brothers, Zardarius Smith and Preston Smith. Somebody else on that defense has to step up on that defensive side in order for them to make it to a Super Bowl. And that's my prediction on the NFC North. Yes, sir. Florida okay, North. let's talk. Let's start off with the Detroit Lions. I know how talented Matthew Stafford is, but I got questions about Matthew Stafford's durability. He can't ever stay healthy. He's similar to Carson Wentz. I see flashes of Matthew Stafford making plays in games. And I say, why can't this guy stay healthy? Why can't he stay healthy for an entire 16-game season? Have we ever saw Matthew Stafford play an entire 16 games? Do you remember? I don't I don't remember it. I don't remember it happening. It, I, I, I can't remember it happening. But I, I believe in Matthew Stafford. I actually think he can play. But he's just never healthy. In order for Matthew Stafford to, to, to remain healthy, he has to be durable. And if he's not durable and if he doesn't play, the Detroit Lions are going to be irrelevant. It's just that simple for me. I think Matt Tri- Patricia still has questions, you know, about whether or not he's a, a quality coach. You know, I think there's been some players who've questioned his, you know, coaching, you know, and they said that he doesn't really do a great job of relating to players. I've heard that. So yeah, we got to see, we got we to gotta look at and see if Matt Patricia can relate to his players and, and, and get the best out of them. That's one thing we got to look for this year. When it gets to, when it comes to the, Buff- the the Chicago Bears, the Chicago Bears they won't have a successful season because they got too many question marks at the quarterback position. I was once told that if you have a quarterback competition, it means you don't have a quarterback at all. We heard all offseason long 
that there was a quarterback competition between Mitchell Trubisky and Nick Foles. Because there is a quarterback competition in Chicago, I don't think they have a solid number one quarterback on their roster. Therefore, I believe that offense is going to struggle again, and all the pressure is going to be on Khalil Mack to lead that Bears team to wins. I don't see it happening. I think they're going to struggle because they don't have consistent quarterback play. I also believe Matt Nagy, he has to prove himself as a coach who can lead his team back to the playoffs. He did a good job in Mitchell Trubisky's first year, but he hasn't been back to the playoffs since, and he's had some questionable decisions as a head coach. And I just think that team overall, because they don't have a leader at quarterback, other players in that organization, they see it. They see what we see, and they see we're not going anywhere or we're not going to have a chance to win a Super Bowl or even compete for a playoff spot because we don't have a reliable quarterback at that position. So I think that's where the Bears have issues overall. Now let's get to the Minnesota Vikings. The Minnesota Vikings, in order for them to have success, they have to depend on Dalvin Cook. Dalvin Cook has to be the leader and the best player on this team offensively for them to have a chance. Them losing Stephon Diggs, but replacing him with Jefferson, I think that could be something that they, they, they won't lose. I don't think they're going to lose any significant production at the receiver spot. I think Jefferson has tremendous, tremendous upside. And I like what he's going to bring to the table for the Minnesota Vikings. I wish my Packers could have drafted Jefferson, honestly, Clarence. I'm pissed off he wasn't able to get him. And the Vikings snagged him up before we got to pick him up. But I, I think the Vikings have to lean on Dalvin Cook to have success and defensively they have to get stops their defense always been a top 10 defense in the nfl they don't have griffin this year they lost hunter those are key losses on the defensive side of the ball for the minnesota vikings but they still have harrison smith he's a safety for that team he's the heart and soul of that defense aaron Rodgers talks about harrison smith all the time harrison smith always makes plays during the course of football games and we know Mike Zimmer, he hangs his hat on defense. He's a defensive coach. So you always expect the Minnesota Vikings to get stops on the defensive side of the ball. But again, can Kirk Cousins consistently play at a high level in those key games? Like last year in the playoff game against the New Orleans Saints, he made some plays. That's why they won that game. Yeah. Can, he do that in the, can he do that in those clutch moments? I have my questions. Now, you know my Green Bay Packers are going to win this division. You know we are still led by Aaron Rodgers, the greatest quarterback to ever step foot on a football field. From a talent perspective, it's Aaron Rodgers. Listen, everybody's been down Aaron Rodgers. Everybody has said that Aaron Rodgers is done. He doesn't have anything left in the tank. And the last two years, Aaron Rodgers has 51 touchdowns, just six interceptions. And for some reason, everybody thinks that Aaron Rodgers is not elite anymore. Makes no sense to me. I think this year, Aaron Jones, you know, he showed last year why he should be recognized as a nice player for us, and he should be recognized as a player we can depend on. I think Aaron Jones, he's going to get a lot of carries this season, and we're going to lean on Aaron Jones to get us to the promised land and after the playoffs and put Aaron Rodgers in a position 
to get back to a Super Bowl. I think Aaron Rodgers is still going to put up elite numbers, but I think in order for us to win football games at an elite level, I want Aaron Jones to be the leader and statistical leader for our team to make that happen. I don't, I don't, I know what Aaron Rodgers can do. He's proven. I know Aaron Rodgers can win us football games, but I think in order for us to be the best team that we can be, I think Aaron Jones has to lead the charge. Now, defensively, I love the Smith brothers. Preston Smith and Zadarius Smith, they changed the entire culture last year when we brought them in in free agency. They brought a swag to the Green Bay Packers last year, and I like that about the Smith brothers. I expect them to apply pressure on opposing team's quarterbacks just like they did last year in the back end. We still got Savage. We still got Adrian Amos. So I like both of those players at the safety position, you know, for us. Darnell Savage is one of those underrated players in the NFL, Clarence. Remember that name, Darnell Savage. He can hit and he can cover in the secondary, you know. So I like Savage as well. I like, you know, you know our cornerbacks and Kevin King. You know, I, I like these guys, man. We, we got some nice pieces in the secondary. And, I like Jair too. Yeah, J.R. Alexander, he's nice. He's nice, bro. Like, so I, I like our secondary as well this season. So I think we're going to win the NFC North. Who do you got winning the division? Technically, yeah, I'm rolling with the Green Bay Packers because Aaron Jones has to be that leader, like you said. And I believe that him also helping leading the pack is going to be tough for anyone in the division to stop this Green Bay Packers team. Yeah, we already yeah, know what Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams go break to the table, but Aaron Jones, if he's playing for a contract this year, he has to show them that he's a leader on that team too. I got the package. Yeah, and uh, this year, everybody been talking about who is going to step up and be that second receiver for Aaron Rodgers behind Devontae Adams. Keep in mind, we got Alan Lazard. He made some plays last year. He, he's not a star, but he made some plays last year. For yeah. Aaron Rodgers. And I think Aaron Rodgers trusts Alan Lazard. We also going to be bringing back Equinus St. Brown. He got injured last year in training camp, so he wasn't able to play last year. So we got some nice pieces at receiver who can step up and be that number two receiver that Aaron Rodgers needs. So I got my Packers. You got the Packers as well. We're going to talk about all these NFL divisions throughout the entire season. And we're excited about the NFL season this week starting. But Clarence, it's been a hell of a show. Everybody remember going follow Wise Guys on Twitter at WiseGuys underscore Also on Facebook, Wise Guys. And be sure to follow Wise Guys on Instagram with these guys no sports. Clarence, it's been a hell of a show today, bro. We got to get out of here and watch some of this game seven between the Celtics and the Raptors. Right now, the Boston Celtics lead. Oh, no, the Raptors lead 22 to 21 over the Celtics. But one more thing. The Denver Nuggets did beat the Clippers tonight. No! So, yes. Yes, so it's going. It's, it's go, there will be a game six in their best of seven series. Denver beat the Clippers one eleven to one oh five. Surprised me too, but I got to roll, bro. You have a great weekend. I'll see you on Monday. See you. It is the Worldwide Sports Radio Network.